Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. Hello. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. In the middle of a hurricane. Seriously. (laughs) It's really interesting. In the middle of a hurricane. Tropical storm. Tropical storm. Yes, tropical storm. I don't know why we have to differentiate, but we do. I don't know. I should post a picture of the window next to me because like every time the wind whips, I just think that all the branches are going to come through my window. (laughs) It's it's scary. Well, today on the show, we have something even scarier than a storm. We're going to talk about (laughs) teaching your child how to drive. I honestly really didn't think my children were ever going to learn how to drive um, because they're such city kids. But I'm really excited for today's guest. We have Trisha Morrow on. She is the lead safety engineer at Chevy. And she has a 16-year-old daughter she's teaching how to drive. So I fully appreciate that she's not just like, you know, talking about this stuff, but she's walking the walk. Um, It is. uh, It's like a whole other thing teaching your kid to drive and um, and all the cool new like safety features that are in so many cars that are there to protect teens who are, I guess, statistically like the worst drivers <laughs> or, or the riskiest drivers, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And, and in the most danger. Right. And tend to do sort of the stupidest things. Um, so this is a really interesting conversation. I'm really excited to have it. And maybe everyone will sort of learn something as your kids approach driving age. I've been seeing a lot of my friends with kids behind the wheels, and I I can't believe how old they are. Um, but I know we just bought a new car, Andrew just got a new car, and the technology that's available is is mind boggling. It's the safety technology is mind boggling. That is it is really what's what's so incredible to me. So I can't wait to have this conversation with her. Me too. We will be right back with Trisha Morrow to talk teaching your child how to drive. (laughs) We are back with Trisha Morrow, the lead safety engineer at Chevy. Trisha, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited for the opportunity. You know, I have to, I'm going to be totally honest with you. So my parents were originally from Detroit. I was born in Detroit. So like, you have to have a car. <laughs> that is part. I was probably the only kid. My parents moved to New York when I was two and we lived in Brooklyn. And I am definitely the only person I knew whose parents had two cars because my parents each needed their own car, which is a That's bizarre thing. Yes, it was New York, but that didn't matter. They drove everywhere. They did not believe in public transportation. Um, so I now am raising my children in the city, my daughters, and they are true city kids. And I did learn how to drive, and that was really important to my parents. But my daughters, for a long time, said to me, why do I need to learn how to drive? I can Uber everywhere, or they'll just be self-driving cars by the time we want to drive. <laughs> and they th- had zero interest and now they are interested. Now they're 18. They're looking at going to college and they realize it might be weird to go to college and, and not know how to drive because um, they're not going to school in the city. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you that my son, who's 19, showed no interest until last year when he went away to school. And then he was like, oh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I need to know right. how to drive. <laughs> right. Um, so I have to say, like, you have a 16 year old and you're not just, you know, sticking her in driver's ed and doing that, but you're teaching her how to drive, right? Yes, for better or worse, she gets a safety engineer (laughs) mother teaching her how to drive. I mean, what could go wrong? (laughs) It's very intimidating to teach your child how to drive. Um, 
I mean, first of all, you don't have dual brakes like a driver's ed car was, would, and, and it's your car. So you're, it's a little more nerve wracking, I think. What did you do? Like, how did you even start? So, you know, with Ellie, that's my, my 16-year-old, we, we really started teaching her, you can imagine, as a safety engineer, looking at this data all day long that says the leading cause of death of 15 to 20, one of the leading causes of death of 15 to 20-year-olds are car crashes. I mean, for me, it's terrifying to know that she's going to go out there and without me, you know, so we really started early, you know, talking about safety. I mean, you can imagine we talk about distraction and speed and always wearing your seatbelt, eyes up, phones down, seatbelts on. So, you know, we just really made it, you know, something that was of extreme importance from an early age and just was trying to be good role models in the car, always talking to her and um, you know, I don't think it made it any less stressful for her because she probably feels a great amount of judgment with like every time she moves the wheel an inch. But <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, like nitty gritty tactics. My, my husband took my daughter's, you know, driving a little bit. Um, we were in Maine and it was just a much safer place to kind of learn how to drive because the roads were empty. But it didn't occur to him. This is going to sound crazy, but that the seat needed to be adjusted and my daughters <laughs> didn't know the seat needed to be adjusted. So when my first daughter got in the car, my husband kept going like, you're going to the right. And she said, how do you know? And he said, what do you mean? And she said, I can't see out the window. She, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so my five, two daughter was in the same seat that my six foot husband sits, you know, in the driver's seat. And he didn't, he didn't think like, Oh, you need to pull the seat up. You need to raise it. You need to fix the mirrors. It just, he thought like, you're going to get in and we'll just start practicing driving. So, so, so that others don't make that same mistake, um, <laughs> how do you even begin? Like after you've gone over some of the basic stuff, like the real nitty gritty, get your kid in the driver's seat. What do you do? Yeah, after you make sure that they can see the road, <laughs> yes. where do you go from there? Well, and you know, it's funny, you know, they get in, they move their seats to, to move all the mirrors. But, you know, I think the nitty gritty is so important. It's, under, it's important to understand your vehicle and, and to know, you know, as you're saying, what it can do. Because my daughter got in into the, the vehicle we were teaching her on and she's like, where do you put the key? Because our <laughs> other vehicles will all like push start. So she, she didn't even know, like, where does that go? Um, so it's, it's very interesting. But, you know, for sure, we did, um, you know, positioning of your seats, um, we made the, I don't want to call it a mistake, but we made, we had an opportunity to take my father <laughs> with us one time and, um, he was teaching her how to, you know, turn up and down the radio and she was being very patient, but, um, it really is important to understand your vehicle, um, from turning on the radio and how to turn it down. Um, but also knowing, you know, all the different features in the car, because you turn it on your car and the first thing, if you put it into reverse, you know, that backup camera will come on if you have it. And, you know, there's lines on it. So just teaching her, hey, you know, don't always use the camera. Make sure you use your mirrors. So we practiced, you know, our very first time was in a very empty parking lot. And, you know, just getting in, getting out, um, you know, moving the seats around. But we were practicing pulling into spots with and without the technology so that she really had a good understanding of how the vehicle felt when she you know, was actually using it. So, you know, we were traveling at very slow rates of speed. So, I mean, we were going very slowly, but I would tell her, you know, slam on the brake, you know, so see what that feels like, how, you know, to try and judge stopping distances and all the things that, you know, people have been driving forever, 
you know, yeah, we know how to adjust the seat when we get in, but we also know how quickly to stop when the car in front of you stops versus, you know, a new driver might not have that, um, that knowledge. And also if you have something like anti-lock brakes, you know, you don't want to feel that the first time you, you use it in an emergency, you know, you want to like feel that vibration under your foot when practicing, you know, because a lot of this technology, it, it can throw you off. Right. And, you know, it's it's the anti-lock brakes or driving at night. So important that, you know, mm -hmm. you get out there and you we're up in northern Michigan right now. And, you know, we're even having her drive through some of these like real narrow roads, but saying, hey, keep your eyes on the road, but kind of look for deer eyes on the side of the road, you know, mm -hmm. just you know, try and point out all of these potential hazards because, you know, we know that teens underestimate dangerous situations and we know they don't have the experience reacting in those dangerous situations. So how do you actually <laughs> like sit down and teach your kid to drive? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I'm actually physically sitting in the vehicle, um, aside from putting my seatbelt on and clutching my seatbelts, pulling it super tight <laughs> so to make sure that, you know, I'm sitting like a crash test dummy. <laughs> aside from that, you know, we have always, just like anything that's learned, it's, you know, we started off picking times that there weren't a lot of cars out where I just gave Ellie constant instructions. It was pull in over here, turn here, make sure you're looking here, look over your shoulder and now change lanes. And then as with everything, as her experience kind of got a little bit better, we you know introduced more traffic or maybe I didn't talk as much only, you know, when we really needed to, you know, and thankfully after we got over the hump that she, you know, understood that when I scream, it means break. Um, <laughs> it was a very important um, lesson in our driving experience. It doesn't mean look over and go, what, mom? It means break right now. Wait, I wish my husband would learn that because he gets mad at me when I scream and he <laughs> breaks. I'm like, that's why I scream because you should break. <laughs> like, right. He, it means break right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that there's just my husband and I, we just bought, believe it or not, even though we're both almost 50, our first car because we're <laughs> Manhattanites and we never owned a car before. Um, and Andrea just bought a new car and we've been talking about all of the new technology, the safety tech that is built into cars now. And I know you guys also have very specific like teen focused ones, but can you talk a little bit about the safety tech that's in the cars now and why it's there and, you know, really the best way to utilize it? Absolutely. So, you know, they don't make cars like they used to and, you know, for good reason, right? So the cars that you're buying today, not only do they, and I still think the most important safety feature in your vehicle is the seatbelt. It really mm -hmm. is the number one thing anyone can do to protect themselves in a crash is to wear your seatbelt. I mean, you look at belt use and fatalities, half the fatalities we see are not wearing their seatbelts, just wow. unreal. So really important to do. But now there's crush zones and airbags and, and all these different things. And I think to your point is now we also have all of these cameras and radars and sensors that we've incorporated into the vehicle that make up our automatic emergency braking, forward collision alert, you know, um, front pedestrian braking, lane keep assist with lane departure warning. And all of these things are really have been proven to be 
um, to really help stop the crashes that they were designed to stop. You know, they've been validated by a third party and they're awesome features and they're really great for teens as well. You know, my daughter has even commented that on her, her following distance indicator, you know, they don't know, they don't know how close to drive to the car in front of them. And it's just a little extra peace of mind that, you know, you get as a parent to know that your car is telling them, especially when your mom's a safety engineer. I know mom, stop telling me mom, but the car's telling you that you're too close back off a little. So just really important. And I remember when I was first driving, you know, I, I didn't know where to center the car. Like, do I, do I try and center myself in the center of the lane? Do I try and center myself on the side? And Lane Keep Assist with Lane Departure Warning, it provides gentle steering wheel turns to kind of keep you in the lane. So just in case you judged wrong, right? It's, it's really beneficial for new drivers. It helps them learn, not, not just takes control for them, but it helps them learn without them getting into a crash. Okay. I have to jump in and tell you that it helps me learn. (laughs) (laughs) I was driving. I mean, this is crazy, right? Like technology extraordinaire, you know, I'm the tech person. I was driving a 10 year old car that I absolutely loved, but it was so old that it didn't even have Bluetooth built in. And here's the technology producer with no Bluetooth. And I now have this gorgeous new 2020 car that has lane keep assist, uh, lane guidance, and um, all of those automatic braking features. And when I feel the car tug on me and pull me back into the lane, I'm thinking, wow, for 10 years, I've been driving too close to the white line. Like I was learning. Also, Tricia, what you were saying about teaching teenagers how not to follow too closely. My son was visiting this past week and he's a little heavy footed and he gets a little too close to cars and I've learned to just be quiet because he's a very safe driver. But I didn't realize in my car, now it actually could see in front of him and the car braked without him putting his foot on the brake. And I won't even tell you the expletives that he used when he was like, (laughs) oh my God, the car just stopped. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you should slow down a little bit sooner. So to your point, yes, this really does teach kids, I think, to be um, a little bit safer. But I worry sometimes that they'll depend on the technology and not be as alert. Well, so it's, it's interesting that, you know, you can see where it might have tremendous benefits. And, you know, always there's with, with new technology, with anything, there's concerns. But at the same time, you know, think about your son and him traveling so close to the car in front of him and the car braking for him. He learned a lesson about following without getting into a crash. Yeah. And so he's more apt not to depend on automatic emergency braking, but to learn to follow a little bit further. Because again, like that is an almost terrifying experience when your car is beeping and stopping and you're like, oh my gosh, I almost just got into a crash. Um, so again, I really see these as positive, um, teaching tools that really teaches you a lesson without having the severe consequences. And, you know, Chevy's teen driver is another feature that's available on almost all the Chevys that we have. And it really offers an additional peace of mind to parents when they're not driving with their kids. All of those active safety features are defaulted on once teen drivers turned on. The radio is muted until the driver and the detected passenger have their seatbelts on. Again, so important to wear your seatbelts. 
you know, it restricts certain functions. Like you can set how high the radio volume will go because we know it's so important for those teens to pay attention on the road. So, and afterwards it gives you a report card, which in my family is so very important because again, as a safety engineer with a mom, it can look as a mom, I really can look like I'm criticizing my daughter. But when we look at the report card and say, your following distance indicator went off 17 times. You're, tr- you're driving too close. You know, so it's, it really is a data-driven way to talk to your team, to keep those conversations going that you've been hopefully having, you know, over and over again. Now, when they're out on their own, you can say, why did your automatic emergency braking go off? And they'll say, hey, you know, this guy caught in front of me and I knew it. And so I really stopped the car. Look, mom, I am a good driver, you know, so it can be used both as a teaching tool and as a way, you know, to show your parents that you really are a great driver. Did you do any sort of um, contract with your daughter? Like I know my brother-in-law had this very detailed contract with my niece and nephew when they got their licenses about, you know, how many other passengers were allowed in the car, about using the radio, about, you know, just sort of all these different things. Um, Did you do anything like that? You know, I really recommend, I mean, almost in all aspects of life, having, you know, verbal or written contracts with your teen, like, hey, I'm going to let you go out, but you have to follow these rules. And it's the same with driving a vehicle. You know, hey, I'm going to let you go out, but here are my expectations. You know, you are going to text me when you arrive or leave anywhere. You are going to um, make sure that your playlists and all of that are set up ahead of time so that you're not playing with that while you're driving. You know, really understanding what is expected of her is is helpful also, you know, again, to facilitate that conversation. But for sure, we do have, you know, a contract on, um, you know, radio volumes and, and whatnot. However, um, I do have teen driver active um, in, in our vehicles, so <laughs> she, she automatically has some restrictions already set. And I think, you know, lastly, I think one of the things that people are the most concerned about, and this isn't just with teens, but I think people focus on teens, is texting and driving, that that has just become as dangerous as drunk driving. I think a lot of studies have shown this sort of distracted driving how do you, how are you dealing with that? And, and what's your advice on that? So as far as distracted driving goes, I mean, you're absolutely correct that, you know, we are so distracted in our everyday lives. We have so much pulling at us at all times. You know, I have had my kids just, whether I'm speaking in their classes or, you know, with them, eyes up, phones down, seatbelts on. So they know Um, it's also part of our family contract. I make sure that Ellie is always plugged in. So either, um, we obviously, you know, have Android auto and Apple CarPlay. So she's plugged in. So any text or any, um, any call that comes through to her phone is coming through, through the vehicle, really enabling her to keep her eyes on the road and her hands on the wheel, which we've just shown time after time is so important when it comes to maintaining control of the vehicle. So, you know, from, from our standpoint, you know, really having the, the trip planned ahead of time. So again, so she's not, she already has her playlist set. She's not playing with her phone to do that. Not touching the phone is the goal during the drive. That sounds like the best advice. Also for parents, right? And any adult. <laughs> like it's crazy yes. how many people you see doing that. For really for anyone. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think this has been so helpful and I'm very in awe that you did this with your daughter. <laughs> I'm like still total nervous Nelly when it comes to this, um, but know that it's so necessary. Just, you know, what you're saying, I know kids in the suburbs feel independence when they get their license, but I think it's just a skill. People need to know how to drive. And I said to my daughters, I don't want them to ever be stuck in a situation. Like I always want them to be able to feel like they could rent a car or get somewhere or take over a car if someone couldn't drive. So it's just an important life skill, learning how to drive. Absolutely. And, you know, as with anything we do, whether you are a musician or a mathematician or you're good at sports, you know, practice makes perfect and you have to keep trying and getting coaching and lessons on everything in order to be good at something. So while it's stressful and absolutely terrifying to, you know, teach her to drive and get her out there, it's great to see her taking her her first step towards independence, you know, even though I wish she would stay little. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been really informative and great. And have the rest of your summer go well, I hope. And thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Thank you. We will be right back with our Bites of the Week. All right, we are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? I have a book. I have um, a book that's not available yet. But it's by an author that I really, really, really like. And so, you know, it's always really good if you can pre-order a book because um, if you like, like pre, if everybody pre-orders a book, then they have this huge number at the beginning. And that's better than like, you know, just buying in the in the weeks after it comes out. So um, if you guys, I'm sure you guys know the Humans of New York Facebook page, mm-hmm. yep. mm-hmm. which is so awesome. It's one of my favorite things on the internet. It's one of the, thing, the things that keeps me on Facebook when Facebook is pissing me off. <laughs> and um, the guy who started it, Brandon Stanton, he's had a few books and they've all been centered around, um, you know, locals. And his new book coming out in October, but available for pre-order now on Amazon, is called Humans. And it's stories from 40, I think over 40 different countries. Like he just traveled everywhere and got stories from everybody in different languages and all different places. And he's just, he's so gifted at bringing out these absolute gems from ordinary people. And sure, you can go look at it on Facebook or on his website, but this is like a big, gorgeous, hardcover book with amazing pictures. And um, yeah, I just, I can't wait to get it. I love his stuff and this is going to be great. That's awesome. All right, Andrea, what do you have? It's good to read a book. <laughs> That's it what is. I have to say. I wish I could concentrate more on a book right now. I I, I don't know why I can't, but everyone's talking about sitting outside on their, you know, deck after dinner and reading when when it cools off a little bit. So I will take your book recommendations. <laughs> this is a good one because you can just read like, you know, a page or two at a time. Nice. Um, so I have a gadget, another gadget. And this week, my bite is about magnetic charging cables. So mm. let me explain. I don't know if you recall, um, I think I mentioned that my um, Blue Yeti mic that I loved so much 
had a problem with its micro USB port where mm-hmm. it fell into the microphone <laughs> because it was loose. Um, and they replaced it. Um, their customer service was really good and they replaced it. And I wound up going on to this um, freelance writing site that I'm on and offering anyone who knew how to solder the microphone in case they wanted to just put a new port in. And the person who I sent it to emailed me thanking me profusely and said, by the way, next time you have this issue, get the Net Dot Gen 10 nylon braided magnetic fast charging cable. So that is what I did. And these are pretty amazing. Basically, it's a it's a charging cable. It, it charges and sinks. It does fast charging, which is wonderful. And now what I do is I leave the tip. So it comes with three different tips, a micro USB, a USB-C, and a lightning. And I leave the tip in the microphone. And when I want to connect the mic, I just take the cable, which is magnetic, and I hold it near it, and it automatically connects. So I don't have to jiggle the port. And where this really comes in handy is in my car, speaking of cars, because (laughs) now that I have this new car with Apple CarPlay, um, you know, I'm so not used to using my phone in the car that I put it in its little mount and I don't connect it. So now when I'm driving and I realize, oh, I need to plug it in in order to use CarPlay, and you can't do that with just one hand, you need two hands, one to hold the phone, one to put the cable in, that if I keep the lightning tip in the phone, I just hold the cable up and with one hand, it automatically attaches and it starts charging and syncing. And it's brilliant. It was like $12, right? So it comes in packs of one, you can get one, you can get two, you can get three. Um, I chose micro USB, USB-C, and Lightning, but they come in different configurations. It's all on Amazon. And um, God, it was it's a really cool thing. Also, for people who use micro USB, you know, it's upside down sometimes. You have to put it in just right. Um, or for kids who can't quite, you know, have the dexterity of their fingers to do it. It just makes it so easy. Oh, for older people, too. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. My mother would have really loved these. So that's my bite. Great. Oh, that's super cool. All right. I have two. My first one is a brand that we all know um, because we probably mentioned them a while ago, but um, my daughter discovered it on her own and then came to me and said, isn't this cool? And I was like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. I've known them forever. So my daughter wanted a very cool backpack for college. She did not want to bring her massive whatever it is thing um, her East pack or whatever it is. She wanted something more stylish cause she's not going to have to carry a ton of books at a time. She just wanted something that like look really cute with her lap, she put her laptop in it, a water bottle, you know, maybe a small notebook. And so she found Nomo. Of course. <laughs> um, and felt all proud that she had Where found Where did these- she find them online? online she was Uh, looking for like cute and i think she actually found it through new york magazine through the strategist someone had written um it was featured in one of the articles they do these like this thing's incredible articles right um and oh we knew they were incredible years ago that's what i said to her i'm like hello (laughs) that's so um she was super excited and she found them and they're like because they're so cute they're stylish they have the charging they were the perfect size um you know it looks like a fashion backpack but it has the padded laptop sleeve like it has everything in it that's practical because she was just finding one or the other before 
Um, the only thing that was weird was, so the Nomo website has everything you can imagine. Because of COVID, they're not shipping to the U.S. or Canada right now. What? So, so odd. But we found it on Zappos. <laughs> so luckily, you can still get your Nomo bags um if you have a college student or a high schooler who's looking for something a little more stylish or actually a lot more stylish than your typical um you know school backpack and has all the padding and organization and everything they need inside and they're not very expensive like they're and they last forever so nomo k-n-o-m-o um and hopefully their website will start shipping again to the u.s and canada i'm not really sure why why they can't ship because of COVID. No, but so weird. Maybe it's maybe it's a trade thing. I really yeah, I don't know. Um so but she's getting she's getting a backpack. She got the backpack. Um, okay. Because the, I don't know if you guys remember if anyone is looking for a purse, that Nomo Electronista bag is like the most amazing thing because like Nomo is no, known for their organization. They have all those little tabs and lots of little yeah. zippers and compartments and they had the Electronista bag, which has the built-in charger thing. It's got little pockets and it it unzips to open up. And when you zip it up, it closes into this small compact bag. Yeah, I love that one. Andrea, do you remember when we went to CES earlier this year, you know, in the before times when we could travel and be around people? Yes. <laughs> and I was so excited because I had bought a Nomo backpack, a oh, travel yes. backpack. Yes. And, and it came like the night before i was leaving the day before i was so excited as soon as i walked in the hotel room you were like look at my bag (laughs) and and it is my favorite travel backpack because it holds so much and it has a padded place for my my laptop and it has like totally hidden like it doesn't look like a travel backpack but it has the sleeve for you to put it over the handle of a suitcase Mm -hmm. i love their stuff so tell your daughter that she made a great choice, but all she had to do was ask her mom for her opinion because exactly. you would have been able to help her. <laughs> it was better that she found it on her own. Yeah, yes. otherwise she would have just rejected it. Yeah. Um, my other bite is a new podcast called uh, Nice White Parents. Mm. And it is about the public education system. I think it's going to be about New York the whole time. There have only been two episodes. Um, maybe not. But it starts out in New York, the first two episodes. And it's really about segregation, integration, um, the way we keep doing the same things over and over and over again. But really how white parents, even with the best of intentions, um, just mess things up for everybody else and hoard resources and prevent meaningful uh, integration from happening and then whether or not people really want meaningful integration on both sides like it's it's just really 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 good so there's only been two episodes up so far it is really worth your time um, particularly if you think you are a nice white person which I think most people do um, the idea of nice white parents um, which I think many of us have heard especially who live in the city that like all you need is a group of white parents to be the first ones to go to a school and they'll make it better or they'll change it or and then all the other white parents will come. And it's that's sort of been the mantra for a long time. Um, and everyone who says if everyone just went to their local public school, this would happen. But sort of what happens maybe when that does happen? Um, questioning that a little bit. It's just 
It's so good. It's very cringy. I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> you're going to cringe I, listening to it. I'm cringing right now because that's my neighborhood and that's my kids' elementary school. And I was one of those nice white parents. And I know the good things that happened and I know the bad things that happened. And I'm terrified to listen to this, but I'm going to. You should definitely listen to it. It's it's just really good. It just shows how complicated and messy and difficult um, this process is when you're just leaving it up to parents to do all of this and not actually having any sort of real policy or, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fascinating. And it goes all the way back to the 1950s because everything we think is new is not. Um, so they really dive, they went to the Board of Ed archives and dug up like letters that were written in the 60s by p- white parents calling for integration. And then they follow up with what actually happened after. It's, I can't tell you how good it is. It's so good. Mm. Um, so anyway, it is a new podcast. It's from uh, the people who brought you Serial, which is now bought by the New York Times. Um, so it's a New York Times podcast, but by Serial Productions, which is also This American Life and other podcasts you love. Uh, so anyway, that is my bite this week. That is our show for today. Uh, please find everything, links we talked about today on our show page at parentingbites.com. Of course, on facebook.com slash parentingbites. You'll also find links to the episodes. You can leave us comments. You can leave us feedback. Wherever you are listening to us now, please rate, review, and share. Sharing is how we gain new listeners, and we love to keep hearing from new people and new listeners. It's always exciting to go in and actually see, like, new reviews. I <laughs> like, never think to look, and then I do when I get so excited. Um, so that is it. And until next week, happy parenting. Bye. 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 Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.